Super Talk Mississippi media production. You know, I've told several people this uh, throughout the fall, and I, and I can say it now that the fall is over. In the 20 years that I've been a part of Southern Miss baseball, I have never been a part of a team that literally came out every day and worked hard from start to finish. Uh, there was never a day that I walked away you know, just saying, uh, man, that was a wasted day. I don't know where their minds were today. I don't know what they did last night. Uh, and that never happened. I mean, these guys worked very, very hard every day. And uh, now, I, you know, I don't know how good we're going to be, uh, but I know one thing it's been a very fun fall for myself personally just to go out and uh and not try to motivate guys to go out and work hard they they did it and they did it behind the leadership of our older guys they really held each other accountable so overall it was a very very good and fun fall well that has to be great news for a coach am i right that seems to me would be the the first thing you'd want out of a team well, you know, and I, I told them several times how proud I was of them, and I said, you know, we're not we're not done with this yet, and I firmly expect there will be a day where we'll not want to, you know, we'll not finish the day like we want, but it never happened. And uh, these guys really took care of, care of business themselves. They worked very hard. You know, I credit our staff uh, and, and how they uh, ran practice and, and worked with their specific positions, you know, Coach Ostrander and Coach Creel and Coach Rhodes, and how uh, even our even our new uh, strength and conditioning coaches, Coach Magovich and uh, and Coach Cad, I mean, they have done outstanding jobs in their in, in their respective areas as well. And Coach, that's something I really hadn't thought about. But not only did you have some new players, you had a lot of new coaches. Uh, and and I guess everything must have melded well from what you're saying. Well, it did. You know, I mean, uh, that's something that we really haven't had trouble with uh, transitioning to is, is new new coaches. Uh, you know, we've been pretty consistent throughout uh, my time here of having uh, pretty much the same coaches every now and then we'd have a change. Uh, you know, more of the strength and conditioning part, uh, it seems like, uh, more than any where there would be changes. But, you know, with four new coaches coming on this year, two which were on staff with baseball, uh, and then the two new strength coaches, you know, that's that's transitioned really, really well for us. Now, Coach, forgive me for not knowing this uh, before asking you, but I'm going to assume that with the weather, you were unable to uh, get your games in with Alabama. Oh, no, we played them. You did? You no, did? We, oh, yeah, we split. played them. We played over there on Sunday. So oh, okay, that concluded good. the fall, and uh, we split with them. You know, first game we lost ten to one. There were two seven inning games. First game we we lost ten to one. The second game we won five to four. Uh, gave up a big second inning in the first game. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of walks and kind of self self damaged ourselves with it. But uh, you know, overall, you know, Bob, I, I like the way we went up there and we continued to compete. We offensively we did some things well. We just didn't string enough hits together and mm-hmm. to put enough pressure on them there. So. But our guys, you know, I was I was pleased how they went uh, and played against Alabama. Okay, good. All right, we have Todd Elsey with us today, Coach. He's sitting in for Kelly, who okay. w- we think has yet to make bail from something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Todd, I think well, have it's going to be hard finding anybody <laughs> to bail him out. I mean, that's the problem. You got to have friends to bail you out. I'm not. <laughs> Well, Coach, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. My name is Todd Elsey, and, and I, I was looking. You have 22 out of 35 
players on your team that are sophomores or younger. And that's really a big test when you said how hard these guys are working because when you have a lot of freshmen and sophomores there, you know, might be enjoying college life and want to do that. But these guys seem to really put their heads down and came in and did what you asked of them. And somebody well, I want to ask did. you about is Dustin Dickerson out of Jones County. I'm a Jones County boy. I went to South Jones. He's from West Jones. Trey Sutton's a good friend of mine. He was his high school coach. What, if anything, can you tell me about Dustin Dickerson? Well, you know, he played really, really well at shortstop. I feel he's a young man who's playing ahead of his, uh, ahead of his age. Uh, he's playing much older than what he is. True freshman. And, you know, he and McGillis split time at shortstop. I, I did move McGillis to first base. Uh, this year, I feel I, I really feel that's probably where he'll end up at. But I do know Will can play short when Dustin pitches for us. And yeah, I did say pitching for us because he's a very gifted young man who can play uh, both at short and and help us on the mound. He's got a high IQ of the game. He's just got a feel for it and uh, highly confident. I mean, you know him, and you you probably uh, understand everything I'm saying there. So. You know, look for uh, Dustin to uh, to be out there and, and helping us win baseball games in all different ways this spring. Comes from a great baseball family and one more connection to Jones County. Congratulations to Coach Oz, the one of the newest members of the Jones College Sports Hall of Fame. How about that? That is, that's quite an honor and well deserved. I saw a picture, Coach, of the of Pete Taylor Park, and it looked like just what it is—a construction zone. How's that going? Well, it's going good. I'm sitting here at my desk looking out my window watching these dump trucks go in and out, back and forth. So uh, they are rocking and rolling, and it's moving much quicker than uh, than what I anticipated. But, uh, you know, we're excited about this renovation and the, uh, and, and the transition from natural grass to synthetic grass surface that we'll play on and open up on February 14th. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a game changer for our program and in the way that we can recruit kids and develop kids. And I think that's what college baseball and all sports is, is about today. It's about recruiting and developing these student-athletes. So uh, this this is certainly going to help us in, in that goal. Coach, is uh, February 14th your opening day? Is that what I heard you say? It is, Valentine's Day. Can you tell us who the opponent's going to be? Murray State. Okay, Murray good. State. So we'll play, we'll open up with Murray State. I apologize, I haven't. Gotten around to uh, to releasing this schedule. It, it was it was moving that direction, and then it got put on the back burner with the golf tournament being rescheduled for this Friday from last Friday, and then trying to finish up the fall, and now trying to get this um, the renovation project going. So we'll be releasing that here pretty shortly. Uh, we're gonna. I think we're a minute or so away from the break. I'm gonna ask you to hold on through the break for just a couple of minutes, if you will, because I wanted uh, several things I wanted to ask you about, but. Real quickly, uh, kind of give some perspective of how different it will be with that uh, artificial turf as compared to the natural grass turf in, in recovery from rain. Well, I mean, honestly, when it quits raining five minutes later, I mean, you can go out there and do whatever you want. Saturday, mm-hmm. we actually practiced over at Pride Field, which is artificial turf, uh, mm-hmm. and we couldn't get on our field. Even if we'd put a tarp on, I guess we could pulled it back and, and done something on the infield, but the outfield, we, were, we weren't able to get on it. But, you know, come this spring, when we do have this artificial uh, turf surface, we'll be practicing on that as well as playing on it. So, uh, you know, that's one thing that we, we never get back is time, Bob, whether it's All our right. personal life, our business life, our professional life. And uh, that's the same thing with, with baseball. I mean, when we lose those days, they're gone, and we can't afford 
Right. So short of of it actually being raining during the game, uh, practically speaking, rainouts are a thing of the past. Well, pretty much. It's not guaranteed, but you know, if it just doesn't quit raining and, and there's lightning, obviously those are things that that'll get you. As, right. as I've talked to several programs that have and I have the artificial uh, uh, surface, but. You know, for the most part, yeah, I mean, when it quits raining, when, when you tell me, hey, are we going to play Friday night? It's supposed to be out of here at 6. I'm not going to say, well, what do you want me to do with the three inches of rain that's out there? <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, we'll be ready to roll. You All know, right. We may get started at 7, All but right. we're rolling. That sounds good, Coach. Hang on. We want to talk to you about the golf tournament, okay? Yes. Coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour. He'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. And with the holidays just around the corner, you got to shop at Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. If you're listening in other parts of Mississippi, you can just go to CampusBookmart.net. As we said, Coach Scott Berry with us. Coach, before we move on to the golf tournament, our producer here in the studio brought up something interesting during the break. He said that if that he understands that if you look under the artificial surface in the Superdome, that you eventually get down to a concrete pad. But when we were talking earlier, I didn't understand that to be the case here. Can you explain what the layers will be that actually comprise the new field? Well, as, as as best as I know it myself, we will not have concrete under ours. Uh, now, I, I'm not sure what the Superdome. I have heard there are some uh, some surfaces and some companies that do do the concrete, but ours won't be. Right now, what they'll do is is they're removing all of the bad soil. We had soil samples taken back in the summertime of where they drilled down and really just trying to figure out where the ground is not stable, and we've got to stabilize that. So they're, to just kind of give you an idea, they're going to take out over three foot of soil in left field, and that is the where it's really, really bad. And so I, I can see that, and I can understand why they would do that, because when it rains, that is just terrible. It's a swamp out there. Um, so they'll have to dig out over three foot. Now, with that, they'll have to bring back good clay that's stable, that will stabilize everything. Initially, it will be uh, rock on top of that clay, and within that rock, it will be uh, drain lines every 15 feet. And then on top of it, uh, they, they will go ahead and, and make a rock base, and then that's what they will lay the, the uh, astroturf, or I shouldn't say astroturf, but the uh, artificial turf on top of that rock base is what it will be. Mm-hmm. And. Is it does it have the feel of grass for the players? You know the cushioned feeling that I think you would get on a grass field. Yes, the the this company that I'm going with, and I I can't mention it right now because we until we sign the contract, which is very very close with that, uh, no release is going to be made. So with mm-hmm. this particular company, though. The technology uh, and uh, that they have put into their turf and trying to mirror that of natural grass, 
from the way the ball rolls to the speed of it, how it rolls to the way it bounces at different angles. It's, it it all mirrors as well as as you possibly can get. So they are really, really advanced in this technology of where turf is today. You know, it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, Bob, you know, 10 years ago, it's uh, it was hot. It was, uh, you know, all the black pebbles there. Mm-hmm. You know, heat was a very, very high concern with people. But now they have cooling agents in there. There's different fillers that they use to fill those fibers up of that carpet that enable it to not get as hot and, and still remain very, very safe, very uh, um, cushiony, but but have the feel and play like natural grass. Exciting. It's really exciting news. All right, Coach, uh, the golf tournament, we were supposed to play it last week. I understand you're going to play this Friday. It's a pretty big fundraiser for the program, isn't it? It is. You know, it's a it's a really big fundraiser for us, but more importantly, it's just uh, a time for those people that enjoy Southern Miss baseball and invest in Southern Miss baseball to come out and enjoy a good good game of golf on that day. I hate it was rained out last uh, a Friday, but fortunately, uh, Hattiesburg Country Club had this Friday open as a date that we could move it to, and, and we made the right call, obviously, since it flooded this past Friday. So we're looking forward to it being a little, little chilly. I think the high is around 58 on, on Friday. So, uh, you know, those that are in it will dress warm and we'll have a good time. Another thing that kind of worries me weather regarding is uh, the trick-or-treat activities. Uh, supposed to be, what, Wednesday night at the softball complex, but there's a, a big threat of rain. Are there any alternative plans for that, Coach? You know, I wish I could tell you. I really don't know. I have I have not heard myself. I've been kind of closed up in my office here trying to meet some deadlines with some things. So uh, nobody has uh, shared any of that information uh, with me. But I'm sure uh, they have a, a plan in place that if, if we cannot do it down at the softball complex, you know, I, I feel like we'll do it somewhere. But... I don't. I don't know. I don't have that answer. Okay. Well, you know, we do have uh, Patrick McGee's been doing some investigating along with us, and none of us have been able to break through the news as to what you've decided to dress as. You want to reveal that today? I can't reveal it today. There's still 24 <laughs> hours before this thing <laughs> takes off. So uh, you know, I might change my mind with that. Uh, so I don't want to. I don't want to commit anything right now. Talk well, about a state secret, right yeah, there. I, I'm going to ask one favor of you now. If you find out before I do that this is going to be anywhere but the softball complex, I'd really appreciate a text because we want to come get a picture of your outfit and put it on our social media for the Eagle Hour. <laughs> I will let you know. As a matter of fact, when I hang up here, I may try to call those responsible for. Uh, making those adjustments and see what their plan is, and I may text you and let you know there if you, you go, have Coach. it on air. Always okay. a pleasure talking to you, Coach Barry. We right, really appreciate here. your time. Thanks, guys. All right, Scott Barry, everybody, the the baseball coach at Southern Miss, Todd. But i tell you something. One of the great privileges that I've had doing this show is really getting to spend a lot of time around Coach Barry and getting to know him very well. And there, he's a great baseball coach. The record shows that, but he's a finer person. And uh, he is the best. Well, Rick Cleveland, I'm sure you know who oh, that yeah. is. He told me one time that he didn't think Scott Barry was the best 
the best bargain for college oh, he's the baseball. best coach for the money, no doubt. In NCAA sports is what he said. Wow. In Division One sports. He said Scott Berry, for, for what he's being compensated, is the best bargain in college athletics. Well, hopefully this upcoming baseball season I'll get a chance to know him because I really don't know him. My wife knows him, and mm-hmm. she says exactly what you said. Wonderful, man. She gets really upset if, if the Eagles go on a three-game losing streak and the – you know, talking heads around town, start kind of bashing the base. She's, don't you talk about my coach. And she's a Mississippi right. State girl. She loves Scott Berry. Well, anybody that talks about Coach Berry in a negative way doesn't know what they're talking about. doesn't understand college baseball. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I can guarantee you that 100 out of 100 college baseball coaches that you ask that same question to would give you the same answer. Over half the team, sophomores, redshirt freshmen, or freshmen, He'd say he didn't know how good they were going to be this year, but if this is a good group coming up, the future looks really bright to have a team that young, right? Yeah, this baseball team sort of reloads. It doesn't really ever seemingly rebuild. And, and that's when you have a program. Right. You don't have a one-off good year. You have a real no, program. this is a solid baseball program that every year will compete for the Conference USA Championship, which, with all due respect to football, it's, it's much more than competing for the football championship. Oh, sure. The competitive level of baseball in Conference USA, both within the conference and outside of the conference, is at another level, in my opinion. Uh, you know, you have – Just by being in the South. Well, you do. And you have, you know, Florida Atlantic, which is a national program. Rice. Uh, Rice, which is a national program. Louisiana Tech, which is a national caliber program. I mean, you could go on and on about Conference USA Baseball. It's a, it's a pretty strong baseball conference. Speaking of the baseball stadiums, we were talking with Coach Barry about the turf. I have a, a really good friend of mine who's a La Tech graduate. He went to the La Tech Southern Miss game. Mm-hmm. We won't mention that. But he said the baseball field still has damage there at La Tech from that tornado last year. The Love Shack. That's what they call it. Well, nobody's love shacking there right now. It's, right. It's yeah, that's a, that's a shame. But there are a lot of connections too between the two universities in baseball. Lot. A lot of inter interconnection between coaches, players, players turn coaches, etc. And uh, so, anytime Louisiana Tech baseball is in distress, it's sort of a stressful thing for Southern Miss too. Hey, one more thing about Southern Miss baseball: Friday on the Eagle Hour, we will be live in Ellisville, Mississippi. We're, remote. We're having JT and then the Eagle Hour, so we'll be there for most of the morning and afternoon. But USM legend Fred Cooley will be joining us. I think I said this earlier in the sh- week on the show was one day a few couple years ago waiting for a baseball game to start. A couple of elderly guys sit down in front of me, and people had been telling me, oh, they've been there since you know they started playing baseball here. So I went down and struck up a conversation with both these guys, great guys, and uh, I just asked them. You know, you guys have been around a lot longer than me. Who do you think is the best hitter that's ever played here? And I didn't I no more got it out of my mouth. They both oh Fred Cooley. Cooley. No question about that, Fred Cooley. And probably still was until you had a Matt Walner come along. Well, they say Matt Walner couldn't hit the ball as far as Fred Cooley. Not as far. We'll ask him that when we see him Friday. He's a pretty humble guy, but he's a sports legend coming out of USM and Jones County. Well, they told me that that Fred Cooley hits hit a couple balls over left field that they think are still rolling down the interstate. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that conversation. That'll be Friday. The Eagle Hour will be live at Ellisville at Wally Forestry, uh, along with the JT Show. So uh, we're looking forward to that. All right, we had trouble catching up with Lee Roberts yesterday, but uh, Lee is ready and uh, on deck next as the Eagle Hour continues.
Southern Miss to the top. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Sitting here with Bob Getty and Brandon producing here at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. This third segment is brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Our good friends over there, our friend Slade and Louise at the bar. The featured sandwich of the week, Bob, listen to this. Tell me what you think. Roasted jalapeno and bacon pimento cheese. Mm. Well, my wife would like that. Yeah. yeah. Today was hamburger steak, rice and gravy, green beans, tea, only for eight ninety five. And if you're looking for something to do, Halloween night starting at 10 o'clock, they're having a Halloween party, costume contest, scavenger hunt, giveaways, and samples. I'm not even going to say what the samples are, but you can kind of put two and two together 10 o'clock. for that. 10 o'clock. That'd Don't tell about, Kelly. No, that'd be about an hour and a half after Kelly went to bed anyway. So yeah, well, really, uh, if Kelly, Kelly went there, he wouldn't be on the show Friday. Correct. And we've got that remote in Ellisville, so that's important. That's right. I want to thank Coach Scott Berry for being with us. Uh, first couple of segments of the Eagle Hour. Really exciting news for the baseball program to be getting this uh, state-of-the-art uh, playing surface there. And could not be happier for a fine coach and an even finer man. Uh, and Scott Berry. Speaking of great guys, uh, we couldn't connect with our man Lee Roberts yesterday, but he's back with us right now. We're we're a day late, but uh, Lee was on his uh, real job yesterday, which is completely understandable. And we're glad to have you today, buddy. Hey, thanks, uh, thanks for having me, and I apologize for yesterday, nah. but uh, appreciate you fitting me in here today. No apology necessary. All right, so the Golden Eagles go out to Houston, and Kelly and I had a little bit of a debate about this Monday, Lee. Kelly was just, Kelly was saying everything about it was great because a win is a win. I was kind of reminiscing back to the days that you were playing when teams like that had no chance against the Golden Eagles with you quarterbacking and surrounded by the kind of talent you played with, but I think Kelly's probably right. Is he not? A win is a win, Lee. Your observation of uh, overall of the, of the game against Rice. No, I, I will first of all agree. I think a win is a win, especially a road win in the conference is, is huge as well. And, you know, although we didn't play our best offensively, you know, we had a lot of things that kind of went wrong. I felt defensively we played really good. But, you know, one interesting thing, I – I don't get a chance to go down to the locker room post game, but I did on Saturday. We had some, you know, te- technical difficulty with some of our, um, you know, in locker room stuff. So I went down and took care of the post game interviews. And you would have thought that that was the biggest win of the season, the way those guys were celebrating. And I know they celebrate every win, but that was the first time I really got to experience it. So they were they were thrilled, they were excited, and that's what it's about. They were they were pumped. Uh, over that win on Saturday because, you know, I mean, you, again, if you look at Rice, and I know I, I talked about this post game as well, I mean, they're now 0-8. You know, they're looking for that first win. And when they get it, things are going to start clicking. And we didn't need that have to happen on Saturday. And so I felt like we got out of there with uh, a very good win, but wasn't the best performance overall. But obviously uh open week to to prepare for UAB. And, you know, then we got UAB next week. But like I said, I, I thought we did some things well running the football. I thought Kevin Perkins kind of had almost a coming out party. Obviously, our our tailbacks have been pretty banged up all all year long, and uh, Perkins is is still not 100 percent healthy as well. But he had you know 86 yards rushing, two scores, and I thought he did what he needed to to help the offense get to where uh, we could win the football game. But it really was all about the defense and what they were able to do, and they they held the Rice Owl offense for. 139 yards of total offense, and yeah, you know, that's almost unheard of in the 
the way passing offenses are these days. So credit Coach Billings and Coach Nicholson and that defense for what they did. That interception in the end zone in the second half, that was really maybe the turning point. Is that fair to say? You know, I thought there were really two turning points. I thought the interception in the end zone to where they had a chance to go and and, and they had a big wide receiver. I mean, their, uh, their big guy, Rosner, I mean, he's 6'5", and he just kind of towered over most of our defensive backs. You know, but for us to get that pick in the end zone and then plays later where Jack Abraham scrambles, um, you know, out of the pocket and instead of running out of the bounds, he, he fights for the first down along the sideline. So I thought there were two big plays that kind of turned it right there, but definitely started with the interception and it was really pretty similar to what happened to us two weeks ago at, at Louisiana Tech when we threw the interception in the end zone. And, uh, so it was nice to kind of be on the receiving end of that one. Lee, Todd Elsey here sitting in for uh, Kelly today. And uh, let's look ahead a little bit. I, I know the players can't afford to look ahead, but us talking heads can. And my math has never been my strong suit, so correct me if I'm wrong, but La Tech's 4-0, UAB, USM 3-1 in the Western uh, Division of Conference USA. Obviously, UAB, USM play on the ninth, so that will take care of itself. La Tech has North Texas, Marshall, UAB, Texas San Antonio left on their schedule. If my math's right, they need to lose two of the next four, and we need to win out. Am I right? No, you're you're exactly right. I mean, obviously, we have to take care of what we need to. I mean, we've got four games on the schedule. We need to win all four. But if we're going to be able to sit there in the conference championship, we've got to have some help by two teams. And, you know, obviously, UAB is, is very capable of beating Louisiana Tech. Um, San Antonio, you just, you just never know. Marshall's playing pretty well also. And uh, then, of course, North Texas. I mean, I know they lost a tough one this past weekend, but Mason Fine, I think, threw five touchdown passes. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I'm not saying we're going to win all of our games, and I'm not saying we're going to lose our games, but I think each of our games that we play are, are definitely winnable, but also the teams we're playing could, could beat us as well. I mean, it's just kind of the way it is. And the same thing for Louisiana Tech. They've got a tough row as well. Now, they're coming up against North Texas, who probably has had the most disappointing season in the conference based on preseason expectations. But any time you have Mason Fine as your quarterback, you have a chance to win the game. You know, he, he is he is something else. And, again, I, I felt like when we played North Texas, I thought that was going to be our turning point to the season to where we were going to really get some things going because we put it all together that game. I mean, being able to shut him down, I, I was hoping that it would have rolled into the Louisiana Tech week. But we had a, had a little setback, but now back on the right path. But you're right. Mason Fine it is what he is. I mean, he is a fine quarterback. He's he's one that's you know torched Southern Miss over the years. He's torched many other schools, and uh, he, he just he's got to have some help. And I know um, he, he's got it there, and they're going to put a, a plan together. But but you're right, we've got to have uh, some help from some of those teams going forward. And Mason Fine's one of those guys that, that can do it. So late now another week off as a guy who played at a very high level in Division One football. Uh, is this good or bad to have a second off week? You know, the way Coach Hobson looks at it is almost looks at the season in third. You know, we played, I think we played four games and had a break, and now four games and a break and another four games, if if I remember correctly. So, you know, we're in that back third of the season, and, you know, you get an, you get an open week, and we do have, you know, Jordan Mitchell, who's still banged up at the wideout position, some of our running backs that are still a little banged up, um, I think defensively, I think we're pretty healthy, but definitely going to use this time to, to get better, get the guys' legs a little bit of rest, and hopefully 
get some of those players back that can help us in the back end of the season. You know, so I think timing is good. Uh, obviously, as a player, you like to keep playing, but off weeks do come at, at, at decent times sometimes, and I think this is a pretty good timing as well. Well, next up, of course, UAB. We all know the history between UAB and Southern Miss. Uh, they, in a lot of respects, have, have oftentimes been a nemesis for Southern Miss. But I just wonder, do the, do the kids on the team pay any attention to that? Does that mean anything at all to them? Well, well what I will tell you, and this kind of came from talking to Coach Buster Faulkner, the offensive coordinator. He said, you know, what those teams have done against us in the past, he said that was against different offensive coordinators and different defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're trying to instill those in our players you know, whether we've beat teams or lost the teams in the past, the past is gone. It's a new season. And, and this is a this is a UAB team that may not be as strong as they've been in the past, but yet, hey, they're 3-1 they're just like Southern Miss is right now. And, you know, they're they're fighting to try to find their way to get into the conference championship as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's always going to be a tough one. We've got them at home. We need a big, big crowd to come out. We, that always helps. And I think, um, I think our players respond to that. But I think I think just going forward, the players just need to do what they need to do and take care of the little things, and uh, you know, hopefully things will work out for Southern Miss. Any advantage for Southern Miss the fact that UAB has to go play an SEC road game this weekend, a game against Tennessee? You know, if they go up there and beat Tennessee, then I think advantage to UAB Blazers for right. a big road win. Right. But if they go up there, possible. And, yeah, if they go up there and you know something negative happens, and I think that's a disadvantage, but. Um, you know, obviously we've got an extra week to prepare, so I'm going to stay advantage to our coaching staff for having that opportunity to prepare and plan and have our guys' legs rested a little bit. So it really could be a toss-up. You know, obviously yeah. anytime you do take that week off, you, you could either respond one of two ways. You could respond in a way where, hey, we come back refreshed, or you could respond saying, hey, now I've got to kind of start things back over, and let's hope that our guys are more refreshed than anything. I don't have the record book in front of me, but I'm going to guess you never lost to UAB. You know, I never played UAB, so okay. I'm going to say I never lost to UAB exactly. <laughs> I'll stay with you on that one. <laughs> well, you did never lose to him. You see, I was right, Lee. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I should have just left it as is. Right? There you go. All right, buddy, we appreciate it, and uh, thanks a lot for, for uh, giving us another day of your time. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys, too. All right. Lee Roberts, everybody, one of the great quarterbacks in Southern Miss football history. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Our thanks to Lee Roberts and Scott Berry for joining us this hour. It's a good show anytime you have those two guys on the Eagle Hour. And we appreciate very much uh, them participating in our program. This segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. 
Our folks down on the Gulf Coast with a great selection of pre-manufactured housing for every budget, for every family need. They can help you with your financing. They can help you with the setup and delivery, of course. They've got a great, great selection of homes to choose from. So if you're in the market for a new home, uh, a a weekend retreat, whatever, uh, don't make a move until you go to Gulfport Home Center. Basketball tonight. Hard to believe. Basketball season starts tonight. Exhibition game between Southern Miss and Mississippi College uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, I believe. Admission is free. So it doesn't cost you one dime to get in. You can watch the new era, the Jay Ladner era of Southern Miss basketball. It all starts tonight at 7 o'clock. We look forward to having some regular conversations with Coach Ladner and the other members of his fine new staff. And uh, we're going to give you a lot of coverage of Southern Miss basketball. Very accessible coaches, uh, very friendly guys, uh, really community-oriented. And uh, we appreciate all their cooperation. We look forward uh, to following Coach Ladner as he begins a new era of Southern Miss basketball. All right, guys, uh, here in the studio with me at the First Bank studio in Hattiesburg. I want to thank First Bank for their uh, studio sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Remind you, they've got a brand-new, beautiful building on Highway 98 here in Hattiesburg. Uh, First Bank also over in the Macomb area where we broadcast the program as well. So our thanks, as always, to the good guys at First Bank, home of the perfect 10. Okay, guys, so tonight the World Series resumes, and I'm going to have my eyes focused behind home plate <laughs> the entire night just in case something happens. Oh, my word. Banned for life. If you haven't heard, these two young ladies were trying to promote their business, and I guess the best way they thought to do it was uh, – you're old enough to remember, what was there any Morgana that would go out on the field back right. in the 70s right. and, and uh, show some, some parts that shouldn't be shown for family viewing? And, and these ladies did that last night, and they got a letter – I saw on the news they are banned for life from all MLB stadiums. It's really a, it's really priceless video in the respect of if you watch the Houston pitcher because he no way he missed it, right? There's two of them right behind home plate, two really beautiful young women. In case you don't know what we're talking about, they flashed the Houston pitcher the other night, and uh, you could just sort of see him stunned threw his hands up in the air, turned around and walked off the mound. It was really quite funny. Here's a question I have. How did they get those tickets? That's where Nolan Ryan sits and the president uh, or the governor sits. Right. And these just they, they must have promised somebody, hey, I'll do this if you give me those tickets. Yeah, I watch those games a lot, and I wonder how much those tickets cost at the World Series when you're right behind home plate. That has to be a pretty pricey ticket, I either, would say. Either very pricey or comped because you're somebody very important. Right. Uh, we're obviously all pulling for Brian Dozier to get that World Series ring, but for him to get that ring, uh, the, the Nationals are really going to have to step up. Uh, they had a two-game lead, two to nothing. They lose three straight games at home. That was hard. But it's an odd series, Todd. We're in game six, and nobody's home, won a home game yet. A home team has not won. And Scherzer, I don't know if you saw this, he hurt his neck. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a cortisone shot, but they said they don't know if it's going to work. And I said, he may be out for the series. Correct. And he's their, he's their number one mm-hmm. pitcher. So uh, that's always – He uh, would be pitching game seven if there's a game seven. <clears throat> Correct. That's always a very difficult situation. So uh, Brian Dozier, unfortunately, hadn't been on the field in the World Series. I'm not sure. Obviously, I don't know the inner workings of that ball team. I know he hit 20 home runs and uh, played a lot for the Nationals all year long, but has not taken the field – in the World Series, he signed a one-year contract uh, with the Nationals. You have to wonder if maybe you'll see Brian Dozier in a different uniform next year. Yeah, I think he probably will. Yeah. It, it, with his experience and and willingness to lead, 
He is. Uh, this is what I've read. I don't really know, Brian, but he's an asset in the clubhouse, even if he's not producing too much on the field. Correct. But my guess is that, you know, at this stage of his career, I think this is his eighth year in the league that he'll want to get on the field. Yeah. Uh, but, but you'd love to see him if get If you do World that, you might have to go to one of the teams like, you know, Kansas City that's just not very good. Right. And help him get better. Yes. But we'll see. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he comes on the field tonight and contributes to a Nationals win. The Astros, of course, can wrap it up. And the Astros are considered to be the best team in baseball. Won more games than anybody in Major League Baseball this year. You know, the Nationals beat them two games in a row at home. Can they do that four times in one series? I, I don't, don't see know. it. I think the guy who made the $3.5 million bet down on the coast is, is feeling pretty uh, confident I bet he's right feeling now. a little better than he was feeling. He was uh, throwing up a few days ago, I'm Going sure. into the weekend. I'm guessing he didn't have a really good weekend would be my <laughs> guess down two to nothing. All right, well, look, man, I thank you for sitting in. Uh, Luke... We expect Luke back any day. In fact, I got word today that Luke's doing the high school football game for our Laurel Station Friday night. So well, there you go. I'm not exactly sure when he's getting back, but uh, he should resurface now any day, I would think. Me back taking up this seat with him and Kelly, kind of have the starting lineup back together for the Eagle Hour. And, and you and I will be together again tomorrow morning and then on Friday. Yes, Ooh, that's exactly right. We're looking forward to Friday. We'll have the show over at Ellisville at Wally Forestry. We'll be uh, broadcasting over there with the JT Show, and uh, we look forward to that. should be fun. Fred Cooley will be on the show. I'm looking forward to meeting him in person. All right, that wraps it up for today, guys. Uh, for everybody here in the First Bank studio, we appreciate you listening. And until tomorrow, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.